everyone. Thanks for joining us for Reconstructing Truth. My name's Aaron. This is Caleb. And, uh, man, we're grateful to be back with you guys after the hiatus we took for a wonderful traditional Thanksgiving dinner where, you know, we just celebrated God's goodness and how he's just poured it all out on us. And, uh, um, Caleb, how was that for you? I know, you know, being Native American. Um, that, <laughs> was I offended? Or, yeah, yeah, just uh, no. I, I've seen some stuff lately how, um, you know, you know, the appropriation of cultures yeah. and, and stuff like that can be damaging. So just yeah. want to make sure you had a safe place for your Thanksgiving holiday. <laughs> yeah, well, last I checked, the natives were involved in the first Thanksgiving as well. Well, that's well. not how people, too, people paint that picture I mean, we anymore. were forced there by, you know, at gunpoint and, you know, like rabid dogs and things yeah. like that and forced to eat the white man's food. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, um, yeah, you know, uh, somehow the, the native in me and the white person in me don't, you know, we, we, we come together and consume to all the food. Be, yeah. Yeah. I do eat for like two people on Thanksgiving. So. Well, you have um, to. Yeah. I've got to, yeah. I've got to enjoy it for, for both of my heritages. Yeah. Well, um, we, uh, <laughs> we hope that you all had an equally blessed Thanksgiving dinner and, uh, eight and if for you're all white, eight for two as well. <laughs> Um, I did. I asked my niece, and my niece is clearly Native American. She looks like Pocahontas. Like it's yeah. like she looks so stereotypical. And uh, I showed her. I, I sent Caleb an article. None of you know what it is. I wish I had it right now. <laughs> but <laughs> I sent it to my niece too. And I'm like, "Are you okay? Like, are you okay right now?" And she's like, "What the heck is this?" Yeah, we're always like, looking for a way to. be Yeah. Invited, so I, I tried to tell her. I said, "Well, you're not invited to Thanksgiving dinner because I don't want to, you know, be insensitive." Um, <laughs> To where you're coming from, so it was awkward um, not having her there. But you know, it was uh, it was the right thing. It was to the do, right though. thing to do, yeah. Because uh, again, I didn't want to be insensitive. To, what better way to tell somebody <laughs> or to to you know to do the right thing for somebody else by by telling them how they should be offended by yeah. something, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and in case you haven't caught on, that was all sarcasm. I love my niece, and we let her come over for dinner. Um, even but you had she, her sit at a different yeah, table. Yeah, a different table. She <laughs> ate too many rolls, so we had to ask her to leave early. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, man, we, uh, we're grateful for you guys. If you're, if you're watching this, it's because you found us on Reconstructing Truth on, on YouTube or on the podcast channel because we're no longer sharing it to our Cedar Point Recovery page yep. um, lest they shut everything down for the disparaging remarks that yeah, we frequently melt, make. Like, like we just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that that's part of the reason for the separation. So we can just really cut loose. And uh, um, <laughs> but if you found it, share it because somebody else might not have. So yes. um, again, if if you're listening to this, you found it on one of our uh, reconstructing truth channels. Be sure to share that to your your Facebook. Send it in messengers to people you hate, like whatever you yeah. know. Um, you, make sure you to like um, on the YouTube's. Make sure you like, and then no. there's a little bell. You need to click that bell, and then you need to put. Um, there's options that says like. Personalized. You do all notifications. You want to be notified anytime we do anything on this channel. Yeah, all the time, every time. Well, it's life changing. It so, is. <clears throat> um, but uh, today, as we get into it, uh, we're going to talk about something that um, I feel like we possibly have talked about before, but it'll be it'll be different, new, and exciting, rebranded, repackaged. We haven't talked about it on this channel. We have not talked about it on this channel. Um, but we're going to talk about having a biblical worldview, and so um, Caleb. What is a biblical worldview? I mean, uh, well, it's an it's an antiquated way to look at the world that's outdated <laughs> and has no relevance to today's culture. That's yeah. what it is. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> that's not what it is. Uh, man, are you, you know, it's a uh, 
that is uh, obviously sarcasm there, but you know that's kind of how we view it, right? I mean, because we look at God's word as being um, antiquated, and um, these views is is outdated. As we get into this, you'll kind of see where we're coming from. But um, it is important um, to begin to look at everything um, through through that lens. And so, um, when we talk about a biblical worldview, it's really letting Scripture be your guide. Yeah. And so, yeah, so <clears throat> I heard a great quote, actually, um, this is kind of kind of what made me want to talk about this, but uh, somebody said that um, the Bible is not an ancient book that told us what happened, it's an internal book that's telling us what is, what's going to happen. Yeah, I like you that. Know, and that's, <clears throat> and that is, that is really true. And, and, you know, and so the whole premise behind our, our you know, us coming over here to this channel and becoming, re- reconstructing truth was to talk about basically coming back to a biblical worldview, but, yeah. you know, and so it was like, well, we probably should talk about what that is, what that means and why it is so important. And so what is a biblical worldview? And basically what that is, is that we're going to say that our, our view of the world and how we interact with it is going to be shaped in, you know, influ- not, I don't want to say influence, like it's, it's not complete, like everything comes from what, what God tells us through the Bible. Yeah. And that's how, that's how we're going to view the world. And, and, you know, and, so some soft-headed thinkers will be like, well, you, you know, that's, you're going to just let the Bible tell you, you know, you can't come up with your own, you know, worldview and, and all this stuff. It's like, well, listen, everything, everything, everything we do and how we interact with the world comes from either A, uh, somebody else telling us that, right? Whether it's our parents, our church, our schools, culture, um, so it's, it's, it's coming from that part and then <clears throat> B it's coming from experience, right? You know, you put your hand on a hot stove, uh, generally you're going to like go, no, I don't want to do that again. You know, that's an experience, you, you know, negative experience teaches you not to do certain things and positive experiences reinforces things you want to continue to do. And so our, our whole being, as far as like how we inter- interact and operate in this world is coming from somewhere like you said it's either coming from other people or our own personal experiences and if as as christians we um although in america um uh, less so than we should we are agreeing to um allow our worldview to be shaped by the bible so we we, we judge everything for that that comes in from from culture or other people's opinions or whatever we we if if you actually know what's in the Bible, you're you're able to go. Well, how does this compare to what the Bible tells me? And then, if it's you know against what the Bible tells me, then you know I'm not going to listen to this or do this thing. If culture says I can become a woman, but you know, you know, God, the Bible says God made them in His image, man and woman, then those things those things aren't changeable. Then I'm I'm going to I'm going to err on the side of the Bible. Yeah, you know, that's how that that's how that works out. You know, it seems basic, right? Like, but. <clears throat> But we find out that you know, based on our you know culture today, that uh, while while basic, it's not exactly easy. Yeah, you know, um, you know, and oftentimes what we do is, uh, like Caleb said, it, it is culture that's that's dictating the way that we interact with the world. What we say is good and pleasing and acceptable, and, and sometimes those things can be innocent and be okay. You know, I I remember back in the the nineties, um, you know, I worked. Uh, something called Jinkos and man that looked ridiculous and I looked like a, a moron uh looking back she but looked like a moron with everybody else looks like moron <laughs> yeah too. uh but yeah that's the point I looked like a moron everyone else looked like a moron and it wasn't a moral issue um though probably should have been <laughs> but 
and uh, you know, so there's there's times that culture will dictate things that we see, right? Leisure suits of the '70s were acceptable. If you don't know what a leisure suit is, go and look that up. Um, you know, so we have you had the bell bottoms, and, and so we see dress how how dress has changed, right? Um, styles of vehicles um, will change over the time. The way homes look. Um, and, and that's culture, you know, kind of dictating what's good and acceptable um, and and the way that we perceive it. Now, um, th- those things are innocent because they're not moral issues. But what happens, and this has been happening um, since the beginning of, of time and even at um, the onset of God's um, word being given to us in written form, is culture, just like it dictates dress or, or you know, the way we speak, um, a great example of that is, you know, you can you can throw shade now, which has nothing to do with shade. Um, uh, you know, so are all the cool kids. Yeah, are yeah I guess, man. Um, I read uh, Smith Wigglesworth from time to time. Um, if you don't know who he is, you should look him up. And if you do know who he is, is you're probably ju- judging me. Book or something? <laughs> <laughs> you're probably judging me. Do you know who he is? Yeah, no. yeah. Really? No. I figured you would, yeah. man. So, um, yeah. So he was a. Man, he was an evangelist and preacher and teacher um, over 100 years ago. Um, so everything he wrote, though, is like in older English. So you read it today, and it's like, I have, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, it's different. Um, I, so those things, you know, culture kind of dictates, you know, those things. But when it comes to our morality and our, and our compass, um, it's it's important to, to define that by something that doesn't change. Because culture clearly does. I mean, yeah. again, I can look back at, at the nineties. I wore Jinko's, uh, wore dog collar occasionally and black hair. Um, <laughs> so, um, if, if that was dictating my morality and then, you know, here we are now, something else is dictating my moralities because culture standards have changed and, and how I perceive it. And so when we look at a, a biblical worldview, one of the reasons it's so important is because it's concrete. You know, God tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, um, that, that we need a standard that's not um, fluid and we need a standard that that's absolute. Um, we've talked about this before at different times that um, there's not your truth, there's the truth, right? So when we look at a biblical worldview, it defines truth clearly uh, in an unchanging way. And and it's it's what's best for us. You know, if we believe that there's a creator God, that he loves us, and clearly his word is his best direction for us. And we know that if his best direction is unchanging, it's the best way for us to live our lives, whether it's today back in the 90s um, for some of you who were wearing leisure suits in the 70s you know for you guys too or all the way Smith Wigglesworth or before um, that it's it's that unchanging um, lens and standard by which we evaluate ourselves view um, our surrounding world and situations and the way we we grade ourselves as far as our, our standards go it's it's important because you know it establishes um, again clear and unchanging set of expectations yeah. And I mean, yeah, I just want to echo what Aaron says. And that's, and that's what we're, um, we're hurting for so much nowadays is that, um, uh, uh, something, something that is unchanging, something that is reliable, something that is, um, oh, I don't know. Jeez. Something that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, and cause you look at like, say, culture and what, what culture is pushing, uh, today and, and, um, you know, and, and the idea that you're just supposed to go along with that when people tell us that we're, 
you know, uh, I need, you need to adjust me by these made up words now, you know, these are my pronouns now and not this. And you need to acknowledge my reality when it's not, re you know, it's not actual reality. And, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, we've gotten to the place of being absurd and, um, and then we're all supposed to just take it, you know? And I'm like, no, no, like why? <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm not going to go along with this anymore, you know, because again, you know, I believe in something eternal I believe in a creator God that has, you know, made demands on our life um, as far as how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to view the world. And um, so, no, I'm not going to play along with cultures make believe anymore because, you know, and that's the thing is like, let's, you, like Aaron was talking about. It. I mean, we can't uh, because culture, you know, it, the, the, the illustrations Aaron was using were you know, funny and, you know, as far as fashion goes or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, at one time too, culture said it was okay to, to own other people yeah. based on how they looked, you know, and, um, you know, going back to our, uh, <coughs> our, our Thanksgiving illustration, you know, culture, you know, in America one time said that, you know, it's okay to take this whole group of people and to, to move them across the country because they have land that we want. Yeah. And then, now that we put them there on that land, we want that land, you know, and it's like, because they're, you know, they're, they're well, we savages. didn't know that there was oil there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, oh, mighty, mighty, fast land, mighty <laughs> nice looking land you got over there. <laughs> we gave you, but, um, you know, because, because we're quote unquote savages, which, you know, listen, I'm not going to, you know, that's, that's part of man, you know, and in spite of Caleb's white, history, um, appearance. He technically is Native American. I, I have a card. Yeah, he has a card. If I if I spend time in the sun, no. you know, I, I become. In spite of my enough. white appearance, <laughs> I am just white. So. <laughs> but um, and and so and that's the thing is like said so, you know we we talk about it's kind of the, so the surface level part of culture, which is you know the the look, the dress, the, the way we talk that changes our style. What we what we think is good music changes, um, but but at the bottom of that is is um, you know a much deeper uh, I don't know what to say. And, you know, in C.S. Lewis, he talks about in uh, the line, "The Witch of the Wardrobe." You know, they have the the dark magic or the deep magic is what he's talking about. That you know, if you've ever read that. But it is, what they're talking about is, you know, kind of the principles of the world that lie underneath everything. And that's what in culture, underneath it all, there has to be some sort of deep seated principle of how do we view life? How do we view yeah. death? How do we how do we value life? Right. How do we how do we value living out things? And, and so underneath all the cultural part of clothes and music and stuff is how do we see each other as human beings? And that's, and that's where we get to, you know, right now we're talking about you know, the surface level stuff, but eventually, you know, like I said, we, we were at a place where we didn't value, we didn't see human beings as human beings. We saw, saw them as things to be owned. And, you know, and there's still places in the world that do that because yeah. we don't have that biblical worldview. And, um, and so it does, it does matter beyond just kind of that surface level because eventually culture pushes us towards, you know, well, now we can be, you know, boys can be girls and girls can be boys. You know, you, you have to acknowledge what I consider to be the truth, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, we were just, you know, disagreeing about, you know, I don't know, surf, surface level stuff 10 years ago, and now it's turned to this. And that's what, that's because we don't have a mooring, any sort of anchor in which to some objective truth in which culture has anchored itself to anymore, being post-Christian. We've talked about that before. And so that's why, um, 
you know, that's why it is so important yeah. to have to have a biblical worldview. Um, so, so what do we do? Um, so, so now we talked about why it's important. Why? What does that look like? Right? What does that? What does that mean? Well, the first thing is you have to know what's in it. Yeah. Right. And that's that's where we we fail miserably. Right. We're all up on the the how does the Bible teach me to be a, a you know five handy ways to be a better parent, but what does it teach me as far as like, um, again, how do I live my life? You know, and the thing is too, is that we, we don't put the, um, as Christians in the Christian church, the American Christian church today, and we've talked about this on previous episodes on this podcast is that we don't put the, um, reverence on it that we should because, uh, we, we've decided to start changing it. Right. We were now, well, I'm an, I'm an affirming Christian. So that means I, you know, the stuff that goes against what culture says in the Bible, I'm going to do away with that part. I just love everybody, you know, and it's like, well, that's, you can't do that, you know, like, um, because uh, as I, the illustration I've, I've, well, it's not an illustration. The point I've made before on this is that, listen, if there's a God, right, and as Christians, we believe there's God and there's a person named Jesus who was God in the flesh, and if Jesus came to earth, <clears throat> was born of a, you know, a virgin, died on a cross and raised to life three days later. If that's true, then we need to do what that person says. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and if it's not true, if it's not true, then, then none of it's true. Like everything, I was watching a thing on Instagram, this guy, he was, it was a clip from some podcast and he was trying to be some, I don't, I don't know who this guy was, but I was reading some of the comments and I guess he's somebody who's, who's flirted with the idea of becoming, you know, spiritual or Christian, but he hasn't gotten there yet. And, and the, the argument he was making was, well, they don't even know, they don't even know the guy's name because, because Yahshua, Yeshua is the same as Joshua. And, and you don't even know. And it's like, no, dude, you don't understand translations and different <laughs> languages. And it's like, but listen, you know, if I was sitting across from this guy, I would say, like, you can sit there and, and parse out whether it's Joshua or Yeshua, uh, or what that what that means, but he could be named Bob, and if Bob yeah. didn't die on a cross and raised <clears throat> was raised to life again, then it doesn't matter what his name None. is. It doesn't matter. It's not important because that's that's everything. Everything to us as Christians is: Did Jesus come? Did he live? Did he die? Did he was he raised again? And that's it. If that's true, then we have to then, then everything else it all matters. Yeah. If it doesn't if if it's not true, then it doesn't matter. And if it is true then God gets to decide if God did this, if this, if the Bible is true and then what they told us, you know, what, what we've understand it to be is true. Then we don't get to tell God because God is, God exists. God is, God does what God wants to do. And we don't get to decide what's right and what's wrong and, and to take and, and to pick apart God's word. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, when we're looking at what Caleb's talking about again, you, ha you have to know God's word. Like if I'm going to have, if we're going to have that view, um, then, then we do have to know it and, um, the, the hard parts and, and to look at the things that, that are challenging, especially the things that are challenging as far as, um, allowing it to mold and shape us. Cause that's what we're doing. And we have taken this stance of, you know, we're going to mold and shape God's word instead of allowing it to mold and shape us. Um, again, that's where we get deconstructionism, um, and this, uh, type of progressive church movement 
um, and um, some of the the Reformed theologies that we see are based off of you know well this doesn't doesn't line up today culturally like a loving God you know wouldn't wouldn't say this and so we define God based off off of what our definition of love well that's allowing culture to establish a definition and then using that definition to establish our God when it should be the exact opposite right um and and so um we have to know it we have to plant those seeds in our hearts and those truths and, and spend time studying it and not just um not just the the you know the self-help type of improvement part you know that we like this is really good it, it affirms me as a parent and affirms what i do i mean and hopefully you run across those things because that means you're lining up yeah. with god's word that's a good thing you know right if it's reinforcing the way you're living um but what about the you know the, the parts that still need some work and need to be chiseled out you, you've got to let it do its work there not just to to confirm or affirm that that you're doing the right thing but those other challenging parts and really um, take time to, to self-evaluate and to self-reflect and to challenge yourself and, and all of that, not to be indifferent of it um, and, and to hold each other accountable as we move closer to um, a biblical worldview in, in all aspects of our lives, um, especially um, especially when we're influencing people around us. That um, if, you're, if you're going to be an example, which you are, you're an example for people around you, if you're going to be an example for people around you, um, make sure that the example you're giving is one that that lines up with um, with Jesus, right? That that you're called to be the visible image of an invisible God, right? We're called to be image bearers of Christ. Um, we're called to be living epistles, and so epistles is you know the letters we see in the New Testament. What do they do? They teach us how to live our lives. They teach us how to follow Jesus. Um, and give us examples. Well, you're called to be a living epistle. That means your life should be like a letter that somebody can look at and read and evaluate and get a better understanding of what it means to follow Jesus, to look like Jesus, to love like Jesus, uh, to forgive all of those things. That that's what we're called to. And and that's 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 this right. This this biblical worldview is again we we take it all in from God, um, and then. We use that to mold and shape every aspect of our life, every direction of our life, and in every way we're going. And so it, it's so important to do that. Um, we never shared any of our scripture. I just realized yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, I was wondering if you. Yeah, you know, I just, just started thinking about it too. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we're going to look at Romans twelve two to start off with. See if I got it. I got it. Awesome. Romans twelve two says this: it says don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so obviously you can see why we just shared that because it's exactly what we're saying, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's way more concise than we are. <laughs> Uh, imagine that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't don't copy what the world does. Instead, I uh, love that. Instead, let God do it. Let God yeah. change you and dictate the way that you're gonna to live and and the things that you're gonna do um, and make you into a new person. Um, and you know, again, that flies in the face uh, of what we see um, in culture right now. It's like, well, God, God made me this way. No, a sinful, broken world are responsible for elements the way that you are. Like, yes, God created this. We're God's creation. God's word tells us He knit us together in our mother's womb. 
All of these things were wonderfully made. You were made for the day. The day was made for you. All of that is true. The thing that's also true is that there's elements of us that are um, sin nature come from the fall of Adam. Um, we see that in Romans 5 where it says just as sin entered um, the world through one man, through Adam, right? That, that That's that picture of what's happened to us, and it's it's broken us. And so those parts, those things, and that sin nature is not from God, and it's in you. It's in you, and you've got you to gotta allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You accept Jesus, Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, your spirit's regenerate, it's made new immediately. Then you go through a process of sanctification where it's like, oh man, that's that's icky. I gotta I gotta deal with that. That's oh, that's gross. Um, and that's that's bad, that's broken. That's not forgotten. And we go through this process here. So it's so important again. Let God transform you, um, change the way you think, and and that's the way that that we view and interact with the world around us. And Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And um <clears throat> You know, so so the thing is, you know, one is we have to know what's actually in the Bible, right? And then we have to actually spend some time learning about about that. So, you know, reading some maybe some commentaries or, or um, understanding or, you know, maybe talking with your pastor or whoever, you know, somebody that you know that you can trust that has knowledge about those things and what that looks like. But then the other thing is the second part of living out this biblical worldview is, is, is um, you know, actually, and we talked about this, I think, maybe the last episode taking hard stands on the things that are make you uncomfortable. So, so instead of, and this is where, again, you know, as Aaron was talking about this deconstructionist movement, it's progressive Christian movement is, 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 is we're coming up against culture. You know, the, the, the biblical worldview is pushing up against culture and culture is coming back and saying, no, you're, you're wrong. And this is antiquated and, and it makes us feel uncomfortable and icky. And so yeah. instead of, and so what we run into is what we call this, this is called cognitive dissonance, right? It's like, I want to believe this one thing, but there's this other thing and, and these two things are competing in my brain and it's making me feel uncomfortable. And so something has to change. And so what the deconstructionists and the progressive Christians are doing is saying, well, we'll change God's word or we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do some mental gymnastics in order to say, well, you know, the, the translation of this and that, and, and, you know, that's a cultural issue back then. And so it doesn't really pertain to us now. And, um, you know, and so they're, they're, they're going to finagle the way into a place where, that there's this um, agreeance, uh, coherence in, in their thoughts in, as far as like, you know, that way I don't have to actually confront culture, right? I can still be a Christian. I can still say I believe in Jesus and, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, love is love and I just love everybody and everybody's just free to do whatever. I'm still a Christian. I just don't have to take a stance on these things that culture says is, is telling me is wrong. And so then I don't have to be uncomfortable. And that's what, that's what, is is at the root of all this deconstructionism and this progressive Christianity. And um, now living on a biblical worldview means you have to start saying just no to some of this stuff. So, you know, just in in being uncomfortable, you know, like our uncomfort or discomfort is is a long way away from what Christians in the Bible had to endure. (laughs) Christians in China today have to endure. Christians in, you know, a, a predominantly Muslim country has to endure. I mean, we, we're, all I'm asking you to do is you know maybe offend some people <laughs> like and if you haven't done that you know it's really not as bad as you think it is uh-huh. like it's actually kind of fun sometimes like <laughs> i, I kind of like that face when people i can't believe you said that to me it's like yeah well yeah. get over it you yeah. know i mean like it it's true yeah uh come at me bro you know i mean like um it's really not that bad and but we can't you know that's that's a bridge too far for the american christian church to, today and and so so 
you know, find areas in which you can start taking stands and start taking stands on, you know, I'm not going to, you know, well, culture says this, or it's okay for me to expose my kids to this or, you know, like, you know, cut off, cut off Disney plus from your kids. Like that, I know that's a stand some people aren't willing to make or whatever, but you're like, you know, there's, there's so much stuff on there that, that goes against what we believe. And unless you want to preview, I mean, you know, if you want to keep it and preview everything your kids watch and make sure they don't watch stuff, I mean, by all means. But, I mean, you know, uh, we, we talked about that, like I said, a couple weeks ago. Like, you know, stop spending money at Target, you know, places that are actively trying to indoctrinate kids into, into ways that we don't think. Or, yeah, the Target's a, a big one. Like, uh, man, people get so defensive over the Target. Yeah. <laughs> I stir up, uh, I stir up that one a lot because it's like they're against Christian values and actively against the nuclear family, which is traditional family, right? Um, male father, female mother, yeah, um, and and children, and yeah, they they actively work against that. Um, but let's give yeah. them our money. Let's give yeah. them our money and and expect things yeah. to change, and then and then moan and gripe on the back end. Oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, you're paying the way for it yeah, to happen, too. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and that's, the, you know, it, well, you know, nobody's perfect. No kind, you know, yeah, there's a difference between companies, you know, doing things just to make a buck. And then there's companies that are actively putting money and yeah. pushing against our Christian, yeah. Christian worldview. And, and, and targets one that's yeah. actively working against. Yes. Yeah. So yes. let's, let's say, uh, you know, you might find, you know, LGBTQ stuff at Walmart um, and, and Target. You might find the same products among the two. Walmart doesn't actively seek to undermine, <laughs> um, you know, Christian ideology and nuclear family. Target does. So, you know, I get we have to shop somewhere. <laughs> Why not shop at the one who's not actively working? Right. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, there's there's one that, you know, there's, there's commerce, right? You know, it's so like, well, I'm going to sell products that people are going to buy. Yeah. You know, and if there's a market for that, then there's a market for that. You know, no. there's... I get that, but there's 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 a difference between, like I said, offering things for people to buy and then like championing, hey, this is this is what makes us special. Yeah, the fact that we're we offer things that are actually you know against what Christians believe. You know, yeah. it's like we're 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 actively going to market against that. You know, we're actively going to put stuff in kids programming that has no listen heterosexual. St- Sex stuff has no no place in kids. Anything, programming. yeah, and and yet you know, I, I've never I never grew up wondering who he man slept with. You know, like I didn't really care. It wasn't pertinent. To, yeah, to me as a child, and yet, you know, we have companies now that that their their business is entertainment for children. That's like no sexuality matters, and we need to push it in front of yeah. kids. And <clears> that, that that was against what we believe. And so I'm not going to pay. And support those things, yeah. you know. And so, you know, you and well, but my kids like, you know, blah 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 blah. Tough. Yeah, no. my kids like all sorts of stuff. My daughter was trying to, <laughs> to to, uh, convince me to let her stay home from school today because her stomach hurt. I'm like, well, throw up, throw up for me, and I'll let you stay home. <laughs> you know, because uh, I'm a parent, and you know, whose kid? I mean, I mean, geez, I was a kid at one time, and you know, I tried that too. Mom, my stomach hurts. Yeah, because I didn't want to go to school, you know, and and I have to be a parent and say, you know, no, you're going to go to school, and she didn't want to go to school, uh, 
but it's my job to be a parent and make my kids do things they don't want to do because yeah. I know in the, in the long run, it's, it's what's best for them. And so, you know, not exposing them to things that are against what I want them to grow up believing uh, and go against our faith uh, is being a parent. And that's, and so, so part of, again, this is a part that we're missing and where we're failing as far as a biblical worldview goes is that we, we're not pushing back at all. And we, you know, we fit on that a bunch, but um, in, in, previous episodes and stuff so i'm not going to hit it too much more but but yeah you're going to have to start taking some of these stances and say you know no this goes against you know we don't have to be hateful about it we just have to say no you know i'm not going to i'm not going to engage in these things and it may be tough for us you know may not be able to go to target where all the cool i've never understood the uh it's like target is like you know grew up in a grew up in a trailer park. I think I said this before. Target is like, you know, having a double wide in a trailer park and, and thinking you're special. <laughs> you know, it's like it's still a big box store. It's 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 the swanky version of Walmart. Like it's it's still a discount store, people. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Um so anyway, so so yeah, so so living out that that life is um taking stands. You know, that's where we're missing it. Like, well, I, I like the Bible when it tells me how to be a better parent. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the pragmatic side of the Bible, and I, you know, because I, I always bash that. But but that's the frosting on the cake. You know, like, if the cake sucks, the frosting's nice. Like, you're still not going to eat the cake, you know, and that's that's the thing. We're looking at all the, 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 the stuff on top, and we need to be worried about making the cake. And that's that's the stuff that's hard. Yeah. Right? We just don't want to do the stuff that's hard. So let's look at a uh, real fit fast. We'll look at Ephesians five um, and this one through uh, one through 10 imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacri- as a sacrifice for us. Look, see right there. Christ offered himself as a sacrifice for us. And we, we can't be bothered to offend. Yeah. You know, we're too, af- too afraid of that. A pleasing aroma to God. So, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. What does that sound like? It sounds yeah. like deconstructionism. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. And so, yeah, all that stuff sounds, it's its hard. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I, Aaron and I both, if, if you can't tell from, if you've listened to us for any <laughs> amount of time, we have a, a somewhat irreverent sense of humor. And, you know, so so uh, engaging in, a, in obscene what this says obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. That's that's tough because I like to laugh. I like to yeah. laugh at everything. Everything. I think everything is funny, because I, I see the absurdity in in the world and kind of the, it, you know, it's one of those things. If I don't laugh, I'd be crying, kind of thing. And so I, <laughs> I find funny. I find humor at everything. And there are places where I'm like, I really need to. I need to do better in that area. In that. You know, laughing and suffering, laughing at the suffering of others, um, is not not always good. I mean, you know, some guy gets hit in the <laughs> groin with a, a football or something. I'm gonna laugh at that, but yeah, uh, <laughs> um, you know, but but other things, there 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 is a line to be drawn, you know, and I and I have to be a better person, a better Christian in that area. Um, 
and it's hard because again, this, I have, I have two emotions, anger and, and laughter and that's it. And, and, um, I really enjoy laughing, uh, at, at things, but, um, but all the other stuff, you know, again, it says don't, don't engage in sexual immorality. Don't allow that stuff to don't, don't be involved with people that do, Man. don't be involved in people that do these things that, that push against what, um, the Bible tells us and how to live our life. Yeah, have so, a standard. Yeah. And, and yet standards are hard. They are. Right? I mean, that's they are. And again, you know, Caleb said this is a this is a challenging thing for both of us when we look at it. It's not like we're preaching like, "Hey, we got this." No. What are you guys doing? You know, catch up with us. No, it's like this is hard. This is a daily, a daily thing on on a lot of that, and um, as it should be, you know, that evaluation takes place on an ongoing basis, and and you um, steer the ship um, as guided by God's word. <laughs> you know, course correct. From time to time, um, or at least once, just at least do it once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you know, and that's the thing is, like, you shouldn't. You should be familiar with, you know, and this. You should be spending time with your Bible and spending time in prayer, so that, again, like we, Kater just said, we're not perfect. I'm not anywhere close to perfect. You know, and Paul even says that. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, says, you know, I just keep on. He's like, I've never, I'm never going to obtain per- perfection, and none of us are. But we have to keep striving for it. And, and, and if you're not ever feeling conviction about the things that we're doing wrong, that we're doing, you know, uh, outside of what God calls us to do, if we're not feeling that conviction, then we're obviously not spending enough time said in our word or, or have really maybe we need to revisit when we made our decision to be a Christian, you know, and, and was that a heartfelt decision or did we just do it because our friends were doing it, you know, back when we were kids or something like that. There should be a conviction there, right? You should understand that, again, it comes from knowing what the Bible tells you, knowing, you know, spending time in prayer and asking God for guidance and wisdom and, and living out the life that he wants us to live. Um, and so if we don't have that, then, um, like I said, we, we, need to, we need to do some soul searching there. Um, uh, so that um, leads me to the next thing that I was, we were going to talk about when it comes to this. And, and that is, and this is where I think this is a root also, uh, this is kind of an open door, I think for kind of the progressive Christians and the deconstruction movement is, is what about, what if, the, you know, the, the Bible doesn't specifically address something, you know, the, the Bible doesn't tell us we can't do, you know, bumps of cocaine. So, uh, you know, is that, is that up to me to figure out or, how, do, how does that work, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and, and the reason I'm talking about that is because, again, we see that in, um, in this deconstructionist movement is that they're like, well, you know, the Bible doesn't really say, and it, you know, again, it sounds a lot like Satan, right? In, yeah. In the garden, well, did, did God really say, well, the Bible doesn't specifically address, you know, they say this and it kills me. Um, gay marriage or whatever. And it's like, nah, I'm pretty sure it's, yeah. it's pretty clear on, on that part of things. But um, no, not in the New Testament. It's totally in the Old Testament. It's totally ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, well, it, doesn't, it doesn't forbid you from living together before you get married. Or uh, they'll say, you know, things like that. You're like, well, you know, again, if you're not versed in your Bible, then you're like, Oh, I guess, yeah. you know, you don't have, you can't re- rebut that kind of stuff, but what the Bible does teach us. And so, yeah, maybe it doesn't specifically give us examples of, you know, well, well, you know, something more pertinent to Oklahoma, the Bible doesn't, you know, 
doesn't tell me I can't smell marijuana. It makes me feel good. And, you know, it's good for my health. And so you can't tell me I can't do that, right? That's not bad. Um, <clears throat> well, the Bible does tell us uh, principles, right? It yeah. Is, uh, you know, the Bible does tell us to, to treat our bodies like temple of God and that we get to, you know, um, honor it. Yeah. And, and not do things that are destructive to it. And, and so, so and, and that, you know, and that implies to, to, to everything, right? So, you know, uh, as much to the, the cigarette smoker as it does to the Southern Baptist that's con- condemning that cigarette smoking <laughs> while, you know, shoveling in, you know, 50 pounds of green bean casserole <laughs> and suffering from heart problems, <clears throat> yeah. you know. Um, that, that's always been a, a bugaboo of mine is like... <laughs> It drives me nuts. Like we can, we can be unhealthy because I grew up conservative Southern Baptist, so I can say this. We can sit there and, and be critical of people that you know smoke or drink or do drugs, all the while being morbidly obese, which yeah. kills more people than smoking or drinking does. Yeah. And so that's not honoring, you know, somebody no. who's sitting here with with more of a belly than I should too. I understand that, um, but that's not honoring our our bodies, right? This, yeah. that, that principle, see, and this is what I'm talking about is that while none of those things may be specifically addressed, you know, thou shalt not be overweight. Isn't the 11th commandment. The Bible does give us a principle of we should honor our bodies. God gives us this body and our, our abilities and our talents and, and, and tells us to, to, to make the most of them. Right. And so, so what we do is again, by knowing the Bible, knowing what it tells us, knowing the principles that are in it, then we we can take those things and then we can apply them to things that maybe aren't specifically addressed. But we can't use the fact that it's not specifically addressed as a as a way out to do something we know we shouldn't be doing. It's just like what kids do, you know. Like, well, I went ahead and did this thing. You didn't tell me not to do it. <laughs> But I'm like, you knew you weren't supposed to do that, yeah. though, right? You know, that's what kids do. So They do. And, and it's, it's such a cop-out, you know, when we look at that. Um, hey, going back to certain plants, when, especially the marijuana one. Well, you know, in Genesis, that God gave us, you know, dominion. Uh, well, you're hitting stuff, man. You hit it. Uh, I didn't I can't <laughs> even the yeah, table. That's, that's <laughs> not how that button works. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, gave us dominion over this, and it's like, yeah, I mean, he did. And then there's the whole fall of man, sin nature thing happened after that, <laughs> and you know, um, and uh, you know, gave us dominion over uh, poison ivy too, I guess. So, yeah. um, good luck smoking that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, you know, we, we do have to 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 evaluate these situations. You know, we got to look at context, we got to look at culture, um, we got to look at God's word, take an honest evaluation. Um, these things don't necessarily have to be specifically mentioned for us to to understand and know what God meant. Um, Hermeneutics is a a good word you should look up and, and, you know, and learn what what that is (laughs) because it'll help you in evaluating um, these things that that may be on the ambiguous side, right? That there's there's actually clarity there when you look at God's word as a whole. So I encourage you towards that. Yeah, Herman's a really nice guy. Yeah, Herman. I love her old Herman. <laughs> old hermeneutics. <laughs> yeah, so so our main takeaway, you know, again, we we may have addressed biblical worldview before, but you know, the thing is, is again, kind of the whole the whole premise behind our podcast changing over here to reconstructing truth off the recovery podcast is to talk specifically address the this paring down or this uh falling away from actual biblical Christianity. And we do that because um, 
it's uncomfortable and it's hard. You know, Christian life is hard. Yeah. It should be hard. If it's not hard, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. You know, and because because living a Christian life is is completely apart from what our human nature wants. You know, it's the same with getting in shape, right? Our bodies are are uh, predisposed to just be lazy, right? We want to just sit and do nothing, you know, and staying in shape and exercising and making the time to eat right, you know, uh, especially after Thanksgiving, you know, you get to sample all that stuff you wouldn't just, you can't just <laughs> eat, you know, pie every day, although I'm working on it. I see yeah. pie in the fridge. Like, I'm so lazy. <laughs> I just put the fork in the pie plate and just leave it in the fridge now so I can just open it and just eat instead of, <laughs> um, you know, see, that's what I'm talking about. We're not perfect. And so, uh, but that's our nature, right? We're, we're, we're disposed, uh, predisposed to, to, to just, be lazy and to do and to so working out and exercising and conditioning our bodies that's hard because it goes against how we are and same with christian life loving others and caring about others and not just doing what makes the flesh feel good is against what we want i mean it is and so so um living this out is hard and so so number one you have to know what 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 the biblical worldview is right and that means you have to know what's in your bible so means you might have to crack it open every now and then. Um, Do some reading. Understand what it means. Do a little study and some apologetics. Understand the context. Understand, um, you know, read some commentaries. Uh, You know, do small group studies at your church. Um, You're going to have to spend, you know, at least half as much time on the Bible as you do with your fantasy football team. Um, That's one. Um, Two, you need to start taking some stands. Start taking some stands that are uncomfortable. Start getting used to getting uncomfortable. So do things that are that you're called to do, that you don't want to do, and that may be tough to do. You can start small. You know, I said cut off your kids from, you know, the 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 stuff that's not good for them anyway. You know, say no every now and then to some things that you know. Well, we want to go do this, or we want to watch this movie, or we want to no. We're not going to do that because we don't believe that. That's a good time to teach, especially yeah. if you're your parent. That's a good time to start teaching your kids. This is We're not going to do this because we believe this, and our faith is more important to us than what makes us feel good in the moment. Um, you know, And then start applying principles to things that aren't necessarily specifically taught. Stop using that as a cop-out. Well, it's not in the Bible, so I, you know, I'll just do what makes me feel good. No. Is there, is there a godly principle that, that goes against this thing that you want to do? Um, that, is, that is what is... Uh, you're going to start applying that in your life. You're going to have to start doing the things that uh, that start to get you into an alignment of what the Bible calls us to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. So that's going to wrap that part up, I think. Is there anything else you want to say? No, about that? not the Okay. Good on that. So now we're going to go into, you know, we always try to do a kind of culture thing. And so I told Aaron today, I said, I'm going to hit you with something cold because I want to get your ear your honest opinion of this because i heard of this the other day but I'm actually try not to cuss <laughs> yeah i was gonna have to tell him premises like don't say bad words when you hear how ridiculous this is but what's funny is that the opening our opening <laughs> which we you know he just did you know we do a lot of this stuff on the fly i mean like we have an idea of what we're going to talk about but, but we uh we like to just kind of go and so when he was talking about thanksgiving i was like oh my gosh this is perfect <laughs> this is perfect because this is kind of what i'm going to get at today 
So I heard this article somewhere else, and and I just wanted I had never heard this, but this is Gen Z, Zoomers, the Millennials, whatever. Like these people, we have too much. They have too much time on their hands because all they do is look for ways to be offended. Yeah. And so, this is on BuzzFeed. Don't ever go on BuzzFeed. Just tell you I, the only reason I'm on BuzzFeed is because I heard this was on BuzzFeed. <laughs> but it's such a trash site. But anyway. I've heard this. Have you ever heard the concept beige flags, right? We know of red flags. No, I have not. I have not. I haven't put it. Okay. Get my facial expression, whatever nonsense yeah. this is yeah. here. All right. So, beige so flag. you've heard of beige flags. Apparently this is something that this is, this culture has nowadays. These kids are saying, um, people are sharing the, the beige flags their partner has, and they, they mm-hmm. range from kind of cute to super annoying. So beige flags are the odd habits that live in the uncharted territory between red and green flags. It's the strange, different, and maybe even annoying habit that your partner has. It isn't necessarily a reason to break up, but if they suddenly stop doing it, it's not like you'd really miss it. So we have to, we have to label everything yeah. so we can always keep track of an offense basically. And so, so here's, here's some examples of a beige flag. And then I'm going to ask you what Janelle's beige flags are. You can, you can can ask me what mine are, what Jill's are. I I know what mine are for her, but so like number one, my husband does all of his own laundry and I mean all of it. Yeah. Green flag. But his beige flag is that he never, that it never gets folded and put away. It just exists clean in a basket in our guest bedroom. And he digs through to find the article of clothing he wants. He used to drive me bananas, but now it's just mildly amusing. It hurts no one and the clothes are clean. But obviously it bothers this person enough to respond to an article so she can yeah. write in and talk about how her husband cleaning his own clothes and but not folding it bothers her. Yeah. Maybe she should fold them. Yeah. <laughs> So here's an, um, my husband hums all day long, mainly to deck the halls, no matter what time of year it is that I can see. Yeah. She should cut him. Yeah. (laughs) She can find a new husband. Um, that's divorceable. Yeah. I mean, if it was a different song each time, um, here's one. He buys the pop tarts without frosting. Yeah. Maybe he's just playing. Who cares? I don't know. But exactly. Yeah. And so that's what I'm talking about. So, you know, and this is takes it back to what we talked about at the beginning. It's like, why why are we so offended by everything? Like, yeah. You know, and this is this is twenty years of marriage speaking. It's like, yeah, does my wife do stuff like this? Yeah. Do I do I spend any time thinking about it? No. That's why everybody's freaking divorcing each other all yeah. the time, is because you all sit there and let all this crap bother you. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Do we not have something go get a hobby? I mean, but, but yeah. So, does you not have any beige flags? Yes. She doesn't listen, so you. Can. Yeah, I know. She she piles things. Oh, I have the same one. Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, so it drives her nuts. But it's not like little piles. It's like there's constantly a donation pile that she's <laughs> she's always getting ready to take. Yes, a donation, and it's always in the middle of the living room floor and so then anytime we have like let's say we had thanksgiving all the piles had to go into our bedroom yeah so they can be put out later you yeah. gotta put the piles back out and it's just like and in my mind i'm like just throw it all away like it's yeah. donated to the trash yeah so i do piles i do piles for for papers and stuff around the judge that's different that's i do piles yeah. on my i have my table <clears throat> yeah. and that that would probably be i guess a beige flag for her yeah. is uh there's always 
there's probably crap on my table. Yes. It's a little table next yeah. to where I sit. I have piles everywhere, like paper <laughs> piles. But, you know, it drives you nuts. But I know exactly where everything is all the time, almost. And so, like, she, for instance, so, you know, we were just talking about before we came on, uh, our kids doing uh, permits and driver's license yeah. and stuff. And so she's like, where is, we need the boys' uh, birth certificates. Upstairs, pile on the desk. Yeah. And and um, so she goes up there and finds them. She's like, I found theirs. I haven't I haven't seen yours though. And I'm like, Yeah, well, I don't I don't need it. So whatever. I think I know where it's at. I think I'm, I have an idea. But she's like, Yeah, but these were in a pile that was um, looks like a shred pile. That that makes me concerned. I'm like, That is not a shred pile because there's other things. That's pi- that is a pile that needs to go through. I need to go through to, to, to sort out because I know where the shred pile's at. It's, yeah. There's a couple of them. But <laughs> anyway. I was explaining to her. I was like, "No, I, mm. hey, don't don't be knocking my. I knew exactly where the thing is that you wanted and which pile it was in, so don't be knocking my 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 pile system." But um, uh, I know for her for her the, the, her base flag that makes me want to yeah file for divorce is uh, she leaves the uh, the door open above our oven. You know, you got the oh yeah the pantry and the the spices and whatnot and there's yeah. a lot of people put that stuff but uh i'm six foot three and i have hit my head <laughs> on the corner of that thing and i keep telling her you know you have got to shut it still doesn't shut it but you know what while i make the quip that i'm going to file for like that's the, it bothers me in that instance but then i forget about it yeah because again i'm not a pansy and i don't apparently that's this whole generation and so back to what we we're talking about at the beginning like people I saw, you know, I have seen stuff like that where people are getting offended by the fact that we still celebrate Thanksgiving. It's like, yeah. even though that was a, a, you know, a mutual celebration between the, the Indians and the pilgrims, like there wasn't, you know, again, they weren't being forced to do that. But yeah. it's like, we. And it's not even the, the core of the holiday. Yeah. That, that was something that was actually, talk about a misappropriation of history. Um, that's where things have been manipulated to the point in our education system that we made that the big deal because it's a nice craftable thing. That, sure. I mean, that's pretty sure that's why the motivation was. Like, yeah. if we really push pilgrims and Indians and we can make, uh, you know, construction paper, feather hats and um, <laughs> pilgrim tops yeah. and, and we'll market this to kids and it'll be part of the celebration. And I think that's where that came from. But if you look back historically, um, outside of the singular event um, that involved Native Americans and pilgrims, every other event, in, including that one, always um, focused on the fact that in difficult times, God provided. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. You know, it's, and that's the thing to think about it for Thanksgiving is that it's crazy that out of um, 100 some odd pilgrims, half of them had died. Yeah. At that time, and I, I'm like, we're still alive. A third of them had died on the way over. The other, you know, the other, you know, another third died after they got here. And then after all that, they're like, thank you, God. Yeah. Thank and here you. we are as a culture putting beige flags on everything. Yeah. And so, so, you know, to tie this all up into a nice pretty bow, like that is not a biblical worldview. It's yeah. like just to, to walk around constantly looking ways to be offended by yeah, them. I had like, to think about not... something. I'm like, man, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. That's the closest one I could come up I with. I just heard that. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, can we not, can we not just exist without having to label everything yeah. without having to be bothered by everything to not, to be offended? It's like, good. Well, Lord. you know what Confucius says? <laughs> And if it doesn't have a label, does it really exist? Exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just it's just so crazy, you know. And the stuff that we let bother us when it comes to this stuff yeah. is just crazy. And um, uh, I could go on another rant talking about because uh, I just had this conversation with Pastor Rick about um, college football and that you know the level of idolatry that it gets to. I used to be that way, where yeah. it's like. You know, we just had Bedlam in the state of, if you're listening from somewhere outside of Oklahoma, that's OSU and OU play, and OSU, OSU won, and they won based on a questionable call. And I told him, I was like, I, it doesn't bother me at all. Like no. that we, I'm an OSU grad. I'm, t- I'm totally fine that the refs hosed OU because I don't care. Because you know what? At the end of the day, if OU had won, the, the money I make doesn't change. Yeah. My family life doesn't change. Nothing changes. And yet so many people in our state are so upset about that. You know, just for the OU fans yeah. this year, in other years it's been the OSU fans, but they, you know, they're so so bothered by the fact that, well, the refs hosed us. It's like, it doesn't have any bearing on your life. You don't nah. know those people. You I know? mean, and more often than not, it's the OSU fans in this situation. It is true. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, See, I don't pay attention to your You're trying to poke at yeah. <laughs> See, you're trying to poke at me, but I don't care. I don't care. I really don't. I yeah. did. Now, like I said, I, I will be in the, in the area of disclosure. I, this was, it was, I was... A place where you know I would, you know, our team would lose, and my day was ruined. Like no. my whole weekend was ruined. There's people that would crucify me for this, but I have never watched a Bedlam game. Yeah, no, you're probably better for it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyway, so that's kind of the culture. I said I, I heard that, and I was like, yeah, this is this is ridiculous. I can't believe that we've we've had to add another quote unquote yeah. flag because relationships are so good in our, in our world right uh-huh. now. They last so long and they're so healthy. So let's by all means find another way to, <laughs> to nitpick at each other, like a bunch of freaking children. Yeah. Good night. So if you are, you, if you are familiar with the term beige flag, because you've been using it, stop it. Yeah. Just stop it right now. Just forget about that stuff. It doesn't matter. That's like the whole, Oh, they squeeze the toothpaste bottle from the middle instead of the bottom. Yeah, I'm, my wife's a middle squeezer. I'm a bottom oh. squeezer. Have you thought about hitting her? <laughs> <laughs> now she does listen, so when she comes and hits you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there for it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm on your side here, man. You gotta you gotta scrape it and roll it, and you gotta put the toilet paper where it comes off yeah. over the top yeah. because yeah. that's the only way that's right. logical. And for you people who yeah. flip the toilet paper roll <laughs> the wrong way, just look at the original patent application right. to know that you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, so yeah, so you know. The biblical worldview would tell you to stop getting irritated about all yeah. that stuff. I'm pretty sure that's in the Bible somewhere. Yeah. Stop being a pansy. Thou shalt not be a pansy. That's in there. <laughs> Look for it. I know you can't argue with me because you haven't read your Bible. So. <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I just like said, I thought that would be, I knew the kind of person you are. And I, I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's kind of, yeah. You'd get this perplexed look like, is this serious? No, yeah, it's serious. It's that's a real thing. thing. I'm not even surprised anymore. Yeah. But, uh, man, we're, we're grateful you guys uh, stuck it out with us till the end. Man, you are the, the champion, the victor, the, the real heroes. Yeah. Um, we want to encourage you to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, and like and share our, our podcast and our content. Um, again, if you found us, others may not have. So uh, please share this episode to your social media. But uh, we love you guys. We're grateful for you. And uh, we'll see you right back here next week.